Good morning. So we're doing Parsha Sav Chelik Chafbez Sicha Aleph. Um, it was it's a relatively short sicha. It was enjoyable to prepare. I had a nice little gift. My son is home from yeshiva, and he he and I prepared it together, which was really special. I appreciate the um, opportunity to teach it, which also obviously gives me the opportunity to prepare it. Talking about the korbans that we bring on the mizbeach, al ha al esh hamaracha asher heita al hamizbeach. So the fire, the consuming fire of the mizbeach that would consume the korban, revuta kaare. It says that it was crouching like a lion. Nemar bezoar beparsha senu chazehu hamalach uriel. So the zohar on our parsha says that this this fire itself was actually the malach uriel. Hanira bidmuszo appearing as in the in the capacity of a fire. Bibizoar muva ha'inyan b'shnei bituim. So the Zohar actually speaks about this fire and Malach Uriel with two expressions. B'tchila ne'amar she itchabe kechizu dechad ira tekifa revia al trefa, which is Aramaic for in parentheses the Hebrew. Nira kidmus arie takif echad rovetz al tarfo. The fire appeared in the shape of a lion that was assertive and it was um it was conquering his prey. But later the Zohar uses a different expression. And which is again Aramaic for the parentheses in Hebrew, it appeared to be a large lion that was um, giving its sacrifice. So we have two different descriptions. One is an assertive lion with his prey, and one is a large lion with his sacrifice. Avi Mori Misakev, my father, my teacher, asked a question. So at, when I first read the Sicha through the first time, I just quickly assumed the Friedrich Rebbe, because I'm so used to seeing Avi, Vichami, Mori. But my son right away pointed out, this is the Rebbe's father. So it's very beautiful. This is the Rebbe's father's Torah. Al Havdeli Halashon that the Rebbe's father asks a question on the two distinct expressions that are used. One is the assertive lion with his prey, and the other is the large lion with his korban. So first question is, why does the first time it says a strong lion, assertive, and the second lion, it says, excuse me, and the second time the Zohar says a large lion. And in the first instance, it says that it's um, with its prey. And on the second, it says that it's bringing its sacrifice. And Rebbe's father explains that in the supernal chariot, which is a vision that's described in Sefer Yechezkel, the lion actually represents two concepts. The lion represents the concept of chesed and gvura. Ki hu gvura, because the word aryeh is the same gematria as the word gvura. Severity. The ach mitzad sheni netmar pnei aryeh al hayamin. However, on the other hand, the aryeh, the lion, was on the right side. And as we know, that the right side is the side of chesed. So we have these two concepts exist within the lion. 
concept of givura, severity, and the concept of chesed, kindness. So the Rebbe's father says, this is the explanation of the distinction in the two expressions that we have, the assertive lion with his prey or the large lion with his sacrifice. So initially, the first instance, the Zohar is speaking about the attribute of givura, of severity of the lion. As it says, it's a strong lion with its prey. And even if you just let your mind's eye conjure that up for a second, it becomes a pretty clear picture of a natural act of a lion um, conquering a smaller animal. Hamila takifa toka matzpia al And the word takifa, which means strength, it is um, suggests severity, gibura, Vikan hamila trefa kiatorev hu mitzar as well as the word prey which also suggests um, severity because the animal is being hunted and captured. However, in the second, the second verse of the Zohar, the second phrase in the Zohar, actually refers to the side of kindness, of chesed of the lion. That's how it says that the, the lion brings its sacrifice. Again, this whole idea of a lion is the fire on the Mizbeach is referred to as a lion. Hamila Rivara Gadol Mazbia al Chesed. So the word Gadol, large, is symbolic of Chesed. As it says in Psuke de Zimra, my son pointed this out to me, very, very sweet to have, to have that experience learning with a child. Um, if you open up to Psuke de Zimra, a few paragraphs before Az Yashir, the paragraph that starts with Vayavara, it begins to list all of the all of the attributes. It says Hagdula, the Hagavura, the Hatiferis, the Hanetzah, the Hahod, etc. The word Gedula is written in place of the word Chesed, because really, you if you're listing the midot or the attributes, it would go Chesed, Gvura, Tiferis, etc. But here it says Gedula, Gvura, Tiferis, meaning Gedula can stand in place of Chesed. So when we talk about a large animal, a, a large lion, the word um, in Aramaic, ribara, which means gadol, masvia al chesed, is a um, implication of chesed. Kinemar l'cha Hashem hagdul of havura, as it says in Psuke de Zimra, which I just pointed out. Begam hamila korbana, and instead of using the word prey, that the fire, uh, the lion, which was a representation of the fire, consumed its prey, but rather the fire consumed its korban, melashon kiru, is connected to the word kiru, which means closeness. Masvia al-tzad ha-chesed yamin k'divrei chazal yamin mekarebes. And this is a reference to chesed again, and to the right side, as we said, the lion was on the right side of the supernal chariot in the vision of Yechezkel. As the Rabbanim say, the right side brings close. We say the right brings close and the left pushes away. So the right side is, is connected to Kirub, is connected to Chesed. So Sa'if Bet. Um, my husband actually just pointed out a really beautiful point here, um, which I want to share. So many, many times the Rebbe, the Rebbe writes that his father wrote his Ha'aris, his lessons, very succinctly. Um, as we know, 
from the stories of Rebbe Tzimchana making ink in the woods that the, the Rebbe's father had very, very little physical material to actually write on. He had very little paper. He wrote in the margins of Sparum. He wrote on cigarette wrappers. He had precious little ink that the Rebbe Tzim made for him. Um, so that could be why the Rebbe saying that his father wrote succinct. It could also be the Rebbe's father's style is very succinct. So my husband was saying that this is sort of can be viewed this entire sikha as a gift, a gift to us, a gift um, to the, of, that the Rebbe is giving to his father to explain his his teachings thoroughly and extensively without, in, not in Lashon Katsar, not in such a succinct approach. The concept of a gift is going to be very connected to the rest of the sikha, but I just want to mention that here, so I don't forget to mention that later. Um, but I guess that would be called editorializing the sikha a little bit. The ain hu al inyanim halomed so the Rebbe's father's style was such that he didn't really explain things thoroughly that a student could understand on their own and can come to on their own through their own thought process and their own intellectual extrapolation. Um, so when he wrote the note above that these two phrases, one represents chesed and one represents kibura, that conjures up a question on the words of the Zohar. So if in one singular lion, you have this kolel, this combination of both concepts, chesed and gevura, hen chesed hen gevura, madua mechulakim ha'inyanim halalu bezohar l'shnei chalakim. So then why does the Zohar separate it into two distinct parts? Aryeh Takipa Rabiel Trefa, we have the lion that consumes its prey, the Aryeh Rivara Rabia Al Kurbana, and the large lion that consumes its sacrifice. We have the two separate phrases. If it's really that the lion represents both, so Ainham Mizuharin Biyahad, maybe they should have been said in one long phrase. Aryeh Takifa Virivaya, a strong and large lion, mean the Chasid and the Gur, the strong and the Gadol. Ravia al Tarfa the al It consumes its prey and its sacrifice. The kadoma, meaning just a composite of both concepts, put it all together into one long, one long line. Good morning, Khani. Amnam Chesed Vigbura Hem Shnei Inyanim Shonim Nugadim. So even though Chesed and Gibura are two opposing concepts, Ach Bikolzo. Nonetheless, the Rebbe's father explains that the lion himself encompassed both. He, the essence of the lion, the, the midah of the lion, was both the chesed and the gvura. So even if you're going to say they're two distinct concept, concepts, but we have that the lion was both, not like two separate ideas. But rather like the, the light of Gevura in the vessel of Chesed, which is um, a reference to Lakute Torah. Um, meaning that the internal light, like the Neshama, was, um, was severity, but the, the externality was Chesed, so that you have this sort of union of the two concepts. And the two ideas would, are connected generally to the lion. 
like as we said, the numerical equivalent of the word Arya, if you add up all the letters, is the same as Gvura. Um, an easy way to see that is that the Resha and the He are in both letters. So in the Arya, you have the Aleph and the Yud is 11. And in Gvura, the additional letters is the Gimel, Vet, and Vav, which is also 11, 6, 2, and 5, 2, and 3. Begam the had Gvura, Ituna ha Arya, um, and also just in terms of like the gvura, the severity, this is the concept of a lion. This is what you think of when you think of a lion, the king of the jungle, a, a ferocious animal. As it says, the gover kaari, strong like a lion. Um, and in terms of the basic association of chesed, it says that the face of the lion was on the right side of the chariot of, in the vision of Yechezkel. So again, we have these two ideas. The Ken Gamla Gabe Karbanos, Hamuchanim Bazor Vishne Habituim, Tarpe, Gvura the Karbana Chesed. And with regard to Karbanos, there's also these two concepts, and they're they're seen in two expressions. Um, we said regarding the lion himself, either he's called assertive or he's called big, gadol, gvura and chesed. But the the actual gift to Hashem, the Korban, it's either called a prey which is gvura, an animal that was hunted down, or it's called a korban, which is chesed connected, as we said, to the, to the word kirup, to closeness. The kol korban kol chesed. And every single korban itself has within it gvura and chesed, severity and kindness. Now we're just gonna go a little deeper analyzing the concept of a korban, and then we'll get back to the, to the lion eventually. So when I put a sacrifice on the altar, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm raising it up from below to above. I have this physical animal. I was just in Eretz Israel. I had a big um, schuss. I'm sorry, my phone, I have to turn it off. I had this big schuss to be there recently. And um, one of the things that I got to do was take a, an ATV in Gush, in Gush Etzion, and as we're on this tour, he says, this stone over here is 11 mil, which is about a mile, roughly a me uh, measurement from the Talmud to the base of Mikdash. And this is the path that they would walk with the korban, with the animal to the base of Mikdash. And it was, it's amazing to visualize somebody actually making the trek to the base of Mikdash. And then we passed a, a mikvah that people would use on the way to the base of Mikdash. So it was a very physical act to bring an animal to the base of Mikdash. Um, and so you have that it's this extremely physical, practical experience, and you're making it into something spiritual. So from below to above. But what happens after? But after you bring that sacrifice, that physical animal that you had to feed and carry or direct and take care of this whole, this whole trek. Now you elicit a nachas ruach, a pleasurable spirit. Maybe someone has a better uh, translation in English of nachas ruach, but uh, a pleasurable, um, I say, effluence of godliness. That comes down into this world. So first I bring up and then I elicit the um, experience of coming down, which is chesed. So first it's the gavura of schlepping the animal and also, you know, sacrificing the animal itself. And then it's the chesed that, that comes as a result of that. But that's getting very lofty and spiritual. Now let's, now the Rebbe is going to take us down a step. The yesh lomar yoter But you could say even more so. Ha chesed behen ha gvura 
That you could say, the Rebbe says, that even more so, the concept of the chesed and gebura within the korban can be seen in a completely practical way that a part of it stays down in this world for people to eat, for either the person who brought it or the Kohen to eat. So I have part of it is gebura that I'm burning, that I'm, I'm sacrificing, I'm I'm putting on the altar, but part of it is chesed. I actually get to have some benefit practical in this world. So even if you don't want to get so spiritual and talk about like the um, God, the nachas ruach, the um, essence of Hashem, the, the pleasure that Hashem sends into this world, we can still see the two concepts of the chesed and gevura in the practical side, that part of it I, I burn and part of it I get to eat. But you might say, what about a korban um, ola, which is completely for Hashem. There's nothing left to eat. korban ola Hashem. Even the korban ola, different type of korban, that's completely given over to Hashem. Nonetheless, the skin, the skin of that animal is given to the Kohen, and he can benefit from it like that as well. So there's chesed in that also. But what about the, the korban mincha of the Kohen, which is completely consumed? So there isn't even skin for me to appreciate, but nonetheless, it's it's in, it's what initiates the koan into the kahuna, into the to the priestly activity. So there's still a benefit, or matar l'chaperalav, or the purpose of it is um, kapara, is forgiveness. So there's still a chesed aspect. There's still a benefit coming practically um, into this world. The koan ani. And this could be if a, if a poor Kohen brings a flower offering, so there's literally no skin or any of anything, but he's still getting the benefit of either the initiation into the priesthood or the kapara, the forgiveness for whatever reason the Kohen is bringing this korban. So even if you don't want to talk about the, um, the nachas ruach from Hashem, you still can see that the chesed and gevura exists deeply within each korban on many levels. So even more so, if we do want to discuss the, the pleasure that comes from Hashem, which causes a closeness between man and God, which is a chesed, uh, th that the person who brought the korban has now a closer relationship to Hashem. Where does this all stem from? It comes from, I, I commanded and you completed my will. In order to complete someone, to complete the will of Hashem, you were commanded and you nullified yourself. You accepted the yoke of Shemayim. And this we see in keeping all of Torah and mitzvahs. That this is all connected to Gevura. It takes severity to hold, your, to restrain yourself, to hold yourself back, to um, completely keep Torah and mitzvahs. You have to have a lot of self-control, which is Gevura. So even, so, and this all comes through um, keeping the boundaries and the um, the laws of the Torah. So even though you get a chesed from the, the, the korban, because now you have a closeness to Hashem, 
but where did this all come from? It came from within the system, within the key root, within the fact that I nullified myself to keeping Hashem's will, which is Gevura. So again, I have the Gevura and the Chesed connected. So we're back to the same question. At least I think it's the same question. Maybe somebody on a deeper level could see a nuance in the question. But according to this, you would think that the Zohar should have mentioned the two concepts together to show the combination of chesed and gvura in the Aryeh, the kindness and severity within the lion. Because we see that no matter how we, we analyze the korban, we're, we keep getting this connection of chesed and gvura. Sometimes the kindness is revealed and sometimes the severity. And you could say the explanation is as follows. So yes, indeed, the, Ari, the lion in, um, remin is reminiscent of both attributes, the chesed and vura, chesed and vura, the yachad together. Nonetheless, within all this, there's a distinction in the way that the chesed and the gvura are revealed. Sometimes the gvura is what's revealed and obvious, and the chesed is hidden. And sometimes it's the exact opposite. Therefore, the Zohar separates it into two separate things because it's, it's not necessarily that they're one joint unit, but that sometimes one is dominant and sometimes one, the other is dominant. So the lion that consumes his prey, this is the level of severity. This, and this is the... This is what you think of when, at least what I think of when I think of a lion. You think of a ferocious animal, a very scary animal. And the concept of chesed is actually hidden. Um, but then later it says that the lion um, is, is large and it, bring, and it consumes its sacrifice. When it's talking about the concept of chesed within the lion. And when we're, when we're focusing on the chesed, when we're focusing on bringing of the korban and that the closest that comes from it and the nachos ruch that comes from it, and the whole idea of a korban, um, in that sense, we're, we're focusing on the chesed and we're not really focusing on the gevura. So that each time that one is obvious, the other one is is not is is hardly seen is hidden. So we're asking a similar question of why do we have to distinguish between the two instances when one is when one when either the guru is revealed or the chesed is revealed. So Dalid. The um, distinction between the chesed and the gvura has to do with the commands from, from above, from Hashem. 
להבין את הדברים מכך שלפני שהם יבואו בזוהר העניין השני, כאריה דרבה רביעה על קורבן המקדים הזוהר ועומר. אוקיי, so before we can understand this one line that we took out from the Zohar that the Aryeh, the lion is large and it consumes its sacrifice, let's look at the context of what's the Zohar actually talking about in that, in that section, not just take the one line out of context. So what's happening in that section? This is like an analogy of a king that sends a gift Uh, sorry, of a king that receives a gift from somebody that loves him, that finds favor in his eyes. And the king says to his servant, and this is again Aramaic, deal the toll daron da de li, as it's in Hebrew in parentheses, kach daron ze shehevio li. Take this gift and bring it to me, which is like the, the idea of the, the malach uriel, who is the fire on the Mizbeach, taking this animal, this animal gift, and bringing it to Hashem. Again, that was Aramaic. In Hebrew, take this gift that my children are giving to me. So that is, that's what's happening in the Zohar before that. And regarding this, it says, that uh, a fire will go out from Hashem and it will consume on the altar the, the korban. Da oriel de nechiet bechizo de asa lakala bedorona. Again, that was Aramaic. In Hebrew, zehu oriel. This is oriel, the fire. Asher yored bedumus ha'esh. That comes down in the um, appearance of a fire. Lekabel asadoran. To receive the gift. Ba'al kach nemar bezoar ve... And regarding this situation, that Hashem is commanding his servant, so to speak, the Malach Oriel, go down and accept the gift that my children are giving me. This is when it says that the lion is large and, and, and consumes its sacrifice, the, which is, as uh, we, we already learned, concept of chesed. However, in and of itself, the actual thing that's happening out of context, it, it's that the lion is consuming its prey. There's a fire and there's an animal and it's being consumed and that's Gvura. However, when Hashem says to Uriel, zeal the Kabbil Derona, go and take my gift, that changes the whole thing. When he gives him that command and that strength from above, to take the korban, like the feeling of, like feeling the closeness of the person who is bringing this sacrifice as a gift, the whole thing flips around. The gvura changes into chesed. The the burn the animal that's burning that's that's burning on the on the on the altar it, the whole thing gets transformed to chesed. Um, and therefore the chesed is revealed. So I, I probably shouldn't have said transform. I probably shouldn't say completely transforms. But that the chesed is what's seen is what's because the gvur is still in there. The animal is still being burnt on the mizbeach. But the chesed is what is how the whole entire thing is understood. 
ולכן מקשר הזוהר דווקא חלק זה עם בתצא אש מלפני השם. And that's why the, um, the Zohar connects this specifically to um, bring a fire in front of Hashem. כי בתצא אש היה בשמיני למילואים. Because this idea of בתצא אש, to, to put a fire, to bring a fire, to put a fire on the altar, was spoken about on the eighth day of inaugurating the Mishkan. Which we know was distinct from the first seven days. In general, the seven days are the days of the week, um, is within nature, and the eighth day, the number eight, is always above nature. The Hashinui, yeah. yeah. That's the question. Is the Uriel the fire or the servant or both? I believe it's both in this context. Uriel comes down as the fire. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to mention this is the concept of a gift that I was mentioning earlier, that by learning the Rebbe's father's Torah, which was written so succinctly, in, it's like the Rebbe is giving a gift to his father by revealing it in, in such an outward, right way. That was a beautiful idea. Um, so, v'lachen mekasher zohar dafka chelak im v'tetze esh mitnei Hashem. So the Zohar connects this specifically to the concept of um, the inauguration, the eighth day of the inauguration of the Mishkan. Haya b'shmini l'miluim. V'hashmini asher, sorry, v'hashinui asher v'esh shebenus arye de Raba. And when we're talking about the fire um, of, of the sacrifices given on the eighth day, it's talking about the, the kav of chesed, the way of chesed, the, the lion as Rabara, the lion as Gadol, as opposed to the lion as strong and assertive. So there's something distinct about, as we said above, that uh, there's, there's a chiddish on the eighth day that did not exist on the seven days of inauguration of the Mishkan, something was different about the eighth day. And don't worry, we're gonna tie it all in. So we have the two aspects of the lion and the two and the fire and the concept that chesed and gvura exists within the korban. Um, we started to answer why they're not listed as one phrase, large and strong of korban and prey, but they were actually distinguished. And we, we touched on parts of the answer that when one is reminiscent, the other one is hidden. And when the other one, so it's one, it's, it's seen in a way as one or the other, even though they both do exist. And now we're talking about the distinction between the first seven days of the Mishkan when it was inaugurated versus the eighth day. So it's a slight new topic, but we will wrap, wrap everything in. So the two concepts of the um, revelation of the Shemina. In other places, it's written at length. A concept from Chazal. That during the first seven days of the Mishkan, when Moshe was inaugurate was there when Moshe is inaugurating the Mishkan, the Shechina did not dwell. However, if we know that they brought sacrifices during those days, 
And those sacrifices, upon those sacrifices, it says, there was a pleasurable, they, they brought a pleasurable scent, spiritual scent to Hashem, to God. So how, if they brought sacrifices and the sacrifices brought pleasure to Hashem, how could you say that there was no Shekhinah, there was no concept, there was no uh, dwelling of the Shekhinah in the Mishkan? So you could, so this, upon this, it's explained in other places that the um, revelation of the Shrina has many different levels. And however, in general, it's split up into two levels. So the first level, Aleph, Gilui Shrina, Hanigram, Alide, Avodas, Hanivra. So one is the revelation of the, the Shrina that is caused through the service of man. So I wrote in my own notes, symbiotic, that I do something and I get um, an, and I get a sort of a reaction from Hashem. And it's connected to the service of mankind. And this concept of Hashem's revelation that's connected to the actions of mankind is bound. It, it's not unlimited. And it's connected to the, as we say, Seder Hishtalshalis, the natural order of the world, the natural way in which things happen. And this is the level that the creations that mankind can, can bring about. As it says in Hasidus, that an arousal um, from above is drawn down from, by an arousal from below. Um, and it is measured exactly precisely like that. So that the action of mankind elicits a supernal action from Hashem, a supernal reaction from Hashem. And it's, it's measured and it's bound. That's level one. Level two, bet Hashar's hashkina habala the revelation of godliness that comes from above, which is completely and totally above nature and the system and the, and the order and how we do things. And this is an arousal from above in and of itself on its own capacity, nothing to do with the arousal from below, nothing to do with my actions, nothing to do with anything. And probably I shouldn't say nothing to do with anything. But it, it comes from directly from Hashem, and it's not connected to the specific actions of mankind. And this is the difference between the first seven days and the eighth day. As we know, seven is a full week, and that represents the natural order of things. So the building of the, the erection of the Mishkan in the seven days, in the inaugural days, the first seven days, this came about through the, the service of mankind down below. And this brought a revelation of Hashem into the Shekhinah. And this brought about a revelation of godliness of the Shekhinah in a natural way, in the natural order of things. 
Hayu Shiva Yemei Miluim, Kineged Shiva Shimei Habinyan Hahishdalshalas. So therefore, the first seven days of the inauguration of the Mishkan were like the, the seven days of, of building it. This was like the Seder Hishdalshalas, the, the set order of things. Be'ilu Bishmini Bilamiluim, but what happened on the eighth day? Hayagilu Hashchinal Milamant. Nilamayla. It broke the system, so to speak. It was a revelation of Hashem, boom, straight from above. As it says, and they, they saw the glory of Hashem and a fire burst forward. And this was on the level of the eighth. And this was completely and totally above the Seder, the natural order of things, the way of things. It just went straight, straight down through the system. Like surpass the system. I wasn't thinking about this when I prepared it, but at the the kinnis, a shlucha from China shared how they got stuck in um, a children's in a hospital. They had COVID, and they were in some really really strict Chinese quarantine hospital, and they wanted to separate the parents and the children. And they went into like panic mode because they're gonna like let their children go to a Chinese hospital alone without parents. And they appealed to the highest, to the person that was talking to them, whom we appealed to the person in charge. He said, I am the person in charge. And every, every single door was closed. And there was like absolutely no capacity for them to overcome this situation. And they quickly called some bachram by the oil to go in and write upon as quickly as possible. And before you know it, like I think within a few hours, a short, very short period of time, they were told they were allowed to stay with their children in the quarantine hospital. And they said that they were the only single adults in all of China that were ever allowed to um, stay together as a family in the children's hospital. I don't know if that's exactly what we're talking about, but as I'm going through the Sikha right now, the story kept coming into my mind that just, boom, it just completely and totally surpassed the system. It just came from totally from above. Thank you, Sipa. That was very inspiring. Thank you. So uh, there's a little, there is a little more of the Sikha. We'll go to, to Vav. Um, so, so this type of this, every revelation of Hashem does come in some capacity connected to the work of mankind. So even though the level of number eight of the eighth, which is above the week is greater than Seder Hishtalshalis, it's like totally surpasses the, the system. And it's, surpasses the, the work of mankind, the kolzos, but nonetheless, we, we wanna make sure that the revelations from above are not in the way of bread of shame, something that came for free. Nonetheless, all of these hamshachas, all of these Godly concepts that are drawn down have to have to be connected to avoda to our service. The and we see this that even though the eighth day was completely and totally straight from Hashem, surpassed had nothing was like a total revelation that surpassed the system, surpassed the service of mankind. Nonetheless, they did still have to bring sacrifices, korbanos on that day. And it was through specifically those sacrifices that this higher level of the Shina was able to, to dwell in the Mishkan. 
So even though um, we've said that this, this level of the revelation of the Shina was on such a high level, uh, way beyond the level of mankind, um, and that there's definitely a distinction in, in the um, in the avoda and the service that causes it, it's still not for free. It still has to come down through something that that mankind achieves. Zion, korbanos hashmini lemiluim hem kedei legorim nachas The sacrifices on the eighth day are in order to cause a nachas ruach lekonos, in order to to cause a, a pleasure to Hashem. So in order to understand this, So first, let's just analyze what exactly was happening during that first week of the Mishkan. Every day, Aaron, the Kohen, was bringing one calf, the chaper al-maise ha'egel shahupar, in order to rectify the sin of the golden calf. Um, and he had to bring, even on the eighth day, one one calf as a sin or offering. To acknowledge, to show the world that Hashem had forgiven Jewish people for the sin of the golden calf. So why did he have to bring an additional korban on the eighth day? That has to to show the world to publicize to acknowledge that Hashem had forgiven the Jewish people. Um, so this last korban on the eighth day was not necessarily um, was not just a rectification. It was not just as we say kapara. Um, but rather, as the Alter Rebbe says, to bring pleasure to Hashem, to bring, it was, it was on top of, so the first seven days are really the, the rectification, the act of forgiveness for what happened. And on the eighth day is the revelation to the entire world that Hashem indeed granted that forgiveness. So as we said, the first seven days are what was brought through Seder Hestelshalos, through, through nature, through the way of the world, which is our, which is our domain, the, the domain of mankind. And this was connected to forgiving the souls of, the, of mankind, to forgiving us, to granting forgiveness. That the people should be complete, that we should be whole, we are forgiven. So after you're forgiven, after the relationship is repaired, now we have one more korban that's an even higher level, that the light is even above Seder Hestalshalos, it's above the natural order of things. Um, and it's above anything that we can achieve as, as humans, as people, and what is this level? Hem Dorum. This is the level of a gift. 
So you made up for what you did. You made up for the mistake. You, you completely rectified the situation, but now we're bringing a gift. And this, this gift is what causes this pleasure to Hashem, to the creator. The Domer Lamaimer Chazal, as it says in the statement of Chazal, if it were not, if it were not to bring pleasure to Hashem, there would be no, no need to bring the gift. The gift is just for the pleasure of Hashem. It's not to make amends. It's not to get forgiveness. It's, it's one step beyond. And this is why it uses the word lahodia to show, to publicize that Hashem forgave the Jewish people. Which is different than the phrase that was used in the seven, in the first week, in the seven days of inaugurating the Mishkan. During the, during the first seven days, the Korban, it says, was lahaper, was to forgive. But on the eighth day, it was to publicize, to acknowledge, to show the world. The, the korban of the last day of the eighth day was connected to chavivus, to pres- the, a favorite, a preciousness, a, a feeling of closeness. That, that mankind is loved and treasured and, and valued by Hashem. And therefore it's revealed that and completely obvious and that Hashem has forgiven the Jewish people. Let's um let's just wrap this all up in Ches on the last page. Havdel Ofane So the distinction in the two um, concepts in the two ways of the lion. So now, according to all this, we can understand the original question, which was why the Zohar um, separated the two concepts of the lion into two um, separate phrases, the chesed and the gvura. So the, the fire from above that comes down in the way of a lion, which is elicited by the um, work and the service of mankind, this comes through Seder Histalshalus, this comes through nature, this comes through um, the system that was set up. And it's bound. And this is really um, the concept of this fire is on the, the side of Gvura, on the side of severity. And it comes in the form of a lion that, um, uh, that's strong and has um, brought its prey. However, there's a different aspect also. However, when the korban is not, um, is not just strictly fr- happening um, as a, um, as the service of mankind, but it's actually a little bit of a different concept. It's a gift to Hashem, and it's there for the sake of causing pleasure to the to Hashem, to our Creator. Then there's revealed a level of Hashem that's even above the Seder Hishtalshalas, above the, the system, above the natural order of things. 
And this is when, as, the, as it says, and Hashem says to Uriel, to the angel, um, take the fire as, as it was on the eighth day of the inauguration of the Mishkan, this fire that was like a gift that was beyond what needed, what was just for the sake of forgiveness, but was for the purpose of bringing pleasure to Hashem. And all of the severity is transformed into chesed, completely transformed. And therefore, the, the lion is seen as large and as he's bringing his sacrifice. Um, and it reveals specifically all of the kindness and the chesedim. So the way that I understood the sicha, I hope that this is what the sicha is saying, but what I understood was that when the, when it comes, the, when it, the chesed completely transforms the um, korban, so it's not that it's a composite of chesed and gevurah together, but it's, it's one, it's, as it says here, nehapechas ha-gevurah the chesedim, that the gevurah, the severity is transformed into chesedim, into, into chesed. And therefore, the two things are written distinctly because you have this that that it's what's being seen here is pure chesed. So, Mirza Shem, Thank all you, the gavuras and all the severities and all the difficulties in our lives should be revealed and seen and felt and experienced as chesed. Well, the gavura of making Pesach should be <laughs> revealed as the chesed of sitting down to the seder and enjoying. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for everyone for. Listening and tuning in. Kosher and Freiluch and Pesach. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Stipa. Thank you very much. Very inspiring. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Is there a sheer next week? Um, I imagine so. I didn't speak to Ricky about it. Who's giving it? Is next week already Erev Yantif? Erev Yantif is Wednesday, but it's close. Don't think um, so.